Hi, this is Joe Satriani, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Hello, this is uh, Mark Evans here, uh, formerly of ACDC, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello, this is Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Stephen Piercy from Rat. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. What's up, everybody? This is Tony from Pop Evil, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Check it out. Hey, this is Ingve J. Malmsteen, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 135 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John. Episode 135, we're not going to talk a lot because we have a lot of stuff to get to. We are joined here by a former bassist of the band ACDC. His name is Mark Evans. Uh, For those of you not old enough to remember Mark's tenure with the band, uh, he was around in the Bon Scott era. Uh, think Dirty Deeds, TNT, a lot of the early classics, the pre-Brian Johnson stuff. So we're going to go right into an interview that I conducted with Mark about a new book that he has out called Dirty Deeds, My Life Inside and Outside of ACDC. Uh, you can find the book at dirtydeedsbook.com. And uh, it uh, looks like a pretty interesting read, a lot of cool photos, and, and a lot, I think, information about... Uh, one of the maybe the most inter- misunderstood people in rock bond scott so uh, in the interview he touches a lot about uh, some of the antics and the kind of fun stories he shares with us about bond uh, i can only imagine how many more are in the book so you go to dirtydeedsbook.com you can find information about that so let's get right into the interview with mark <laughs> Joining us from Australia, former ACDC bassist Mark Evans. How are you today, Mark? Hey, John. Very well, thanks, man. I'm enjoying a very uh, lovely spring morning here in Sydney, man. It's a great place to be. Yeah, you're giving us a taste of what it's going to be like tomorrow, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're a whole you're uh, you're into the morning of tomorrow on our yeah. end. So. 
That, that's it. Yeah, you, you're actually you're actually talking to tomorrow. How about that? Yes, this is this is a podcast going into the future. That's good, and you're talking to the Stone Age, I guess, at this point. Um, you you have got a, a new book out, uh, "Dirty Deeds: My Life Inside Outside ACDC, um, yep. the, the Chron Chronicles. Uh, is this? I haven't had a chance to see the book yet. Is it even shipping in the U.S. Just yet, I know. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's out. You can pre-order now, but uh, the re- re- release date is um, November 28th. Okay. Uh, it's been it's been out here in Australia for for a little while. It's been it's going amazingly well over here. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 dirty deeds. It's 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 my life inside and outside ACDC. So it's it's a, a memoir. But yeah, there's a lot of lot of stuff in there about ACDC, about those formative years, the the, the period I was with the band, and uh, yeah, there's a yes, some interesting moments. Let me tell you. I can imagine. Now, for those not familiar, you joined the band in what was it around '75, give or take, when you '75, yeah, okay, yeah, '75. And at the time, Malcolm, uh, it was a very sorry. I'm sorry. At the time, Malcolm was still playing bass, if I'm not. Correct, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. When I joined the band, the band was a four-piece. Okay. Uh, that, that certainly wasn't the, ba- the plan. You know, Malcolm was always going to be the rhythm guitar player, of course. You know. Okay. But uh, yeah, uh, they just couldn't find the right guy, and uh, I came along, and uh, I was the right right guy in the right place. You know, and uh, and I wasn't too tall. You know, so uh, <laughs> I think there was a, there was a height limitation on joining that band. You know. Yeah, exactly. That was. Yeah, so I'm five foot six, and I was I, I look like a linebacker for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers compared to the rest of those guys, man. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, when you you got in the band, the band was still kind of on the rise, if that, if I'm not mistaken. And correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, because I was uh, pretty little at the time when, when uh, like TNT and some of those albums came out. But yeah. um, you guys weren't, you know, one hit or I call it overnight sensations, especially in the United States. You guys kind of. Did your thing in Australia got a little bit bigger, and then am I correct that you kind of went through Europe on your path yeah. to the United States? Yeah, that, that, that's right. Well, when I joined the band, uh, the the first album here in Australia, which was called High Voltage, which was a different bit different from the one that was released in the yeah. in, in the space later on. Uh, yeah, the, I just the, the band was sort of known a little bit. Uh, because the album, the first album had just come out, but the, the first load of gigs I, I did with the guys, the first, you know, first, you know, six, eight weeks and stuff, we were, we were only playing to like, you know, 25, 30 people in, in, in small bars and pubs in okay. Melbourne, you know. So it was very, very, very early on. So the, the period that I talk about with ACDC from personal knowledge is that, is that very formative years, and obviously Bond was in demand at, at that stage. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was it was very, very early on, and, uh, yeah, it was, we did a lot of work, man, and we uh, we, we were, had a very active social life too. Certainly. So now, uh, can you kind of describe? I mean, you were you were in the band um, during a period that uh, before, obviously, the internet and the instant publication of things. To give us a feel for the dynamic of the band between the brothers Young and and Bon and obviously Phil. I mean, was everybody kind of on the same page, or did you have little factions in the band, or, or what? What was the chemistry there? Yeah. Well, you know. I don't know if there's any too many bands or successful bands that are democratic beasts and, you know, ACDC are the same way. You know, it, 
you know, we all felt we were, you know, we all knew we were in the same band, and we all we all knew what we wanted to do, and I, and, I, and we were, you know, a bunch of arrogant little suckers too, because we, we all believed we were in the greatest band in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, certainly if, if you look at, at factions, you, you know, um, you know, obviously with having Angus and Malcolm and their elder brother George, that was the, the, the you know, the, the driving force behind the band, without a doubt, and still is. It's, you know, when I was with the band. Um, you know, it was very apparent for me very early on that it's Malcolm's band. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, I, I wouldn't think that would have changed too much over the years, you know, because uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's Malcolm's thing, you know, but, you know, within, within that, that, that power structure of the band, obviously, you had, you know, Angus and, Angus and Malcolm are, uh, you know, in, you know, inseparable when sure. it comes to that, you know. So, so that, that's a fashion, and, and you know, uh, and then there was Bond. Bond was just Bond was just in and out of everything, man. He was just one of those guys that you know, he could go go down and uh, the local bar and talk about talk about the guys who were working working as plumbers or electricians, mm-hmm. or he, he could walk in and meet the, the president of the United States. He, he'd, he'd be fine. He'd be exactly the same person. So Bond would float. Yeah, but, you know, there, there was Phil and myself who were the rhythm section, and and Angus and Malcolm as you know, they, they, that that would was would sort of split the two into sure. band into two. But the uniting factor was we were all in the same band, and we you know we wanted to work hard and pick up all the marbles, man. Sure. Now, uh, Bond obviously uh, his passing and has become sort of a a legend unto himself, even uh, mm-hmm. aside from ACDC. Um, and you mentioned his character. Um, a very colorful individual. I mean, from looking back at old footage, uh, especially with uh, some of the recent ACDC DVD releases where they kind of go into the vaults and pull out a lot yep. of that. Was he kind of his nuts off stage as he appeared to be on stage? Is, I mean, not to, I don't mean that in the word nuts in an insulting yeah, way. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. He was really cheeky. He had those crazy eyes going, man. Yes. But, yes. you know, that, that's the thing with Bond, you know. I think um, Bond definitely felt a strong responsibility or, or a duty to his um what the public perception was of him mm-hmm. yeah he, he could he could party up and and go for it with the best you know he he he, he could um you know party up on 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 olympic proportions man he was good you know yeah. we we're all good we we're all solid parties you know but bond had that thing you know uh, he, he felt a duty to his, his, his persona and the perspective that people had of him. But, you know, that, well, that was one of the main motivations for me to write this book is, is to, you know, give people, uh, you know, fans of the band a better idea of what Bomb was like. Bomb was just a great character, no doubt, and a great lyricist and, and the band's frontman. But there was, he, he was, there was a much soft, softer side to him, too. You know, he was a very, uh, it was a very, very, very well mannered, together dude, you know, and and uh, you know he may look may look like a, a rocker on the outside, but there was a there was a hippie in caftans and sandals on the inside. He was he's a very placid guy, a, yeah. a very with a very warm soul. But uh, you know, he, well, he said to him about himself one time, he, he was a great bunch of guys. You know, yeah. there was there was different areas. He could turn into Bon Scott really quickly by having a few charges and getting on stage, mm-hmm. and he'd become bigger than bigger than life. But what you know, you know, it, it just it, it just had charisma. You, you walk into a bar, you know, Bon would be there, and you walk in and you go, he must be over there, because that's where all the people are. Oh, he, he just he just drew people to him. He was a great yeah. character, man, and love. And I got to tell you, great great guy to hang around with. Yeah, and and I think that's that's one of the things, especially with the first 
call it permutation of ACDC, was certainly uh, the charisma of Bon Scott. I mean, Angus and Malcolm kind of did their thing, and that, that thing really hasn't changed over the past, I'd call it almost 35 years now. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, what they do on stage is still very similar. Uh, but, you know, looking back at old footage, especially, you know, as you compare it to Brian Johnson, who's a very different individual, uh, Bond. Yeah, yeah, I think, I, I, I think, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. There was a cheekiness about the band, uh, the, the, the early lineup of the band, a cheekiness, and, and, and there was a, a very, there was a very strong sense of humor in the band, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that, 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 that's, that's changed somewhat over the years. Uh, yeah. but, you know, I've got to tell you, if you, the, you know, that transition, one of the things, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the things, one of the many things I respect about what, what, how the guys are going around their business is, is that transition that, that was necessary to Brian. Yeah. Uh, the way, the way that was handled with the respect and, and, uh, the business as usual attitude, I gotta tell you, you know, that, that's, that's, uh, that was a, a great effort, man. You know, it's, uh, it was difficult for everyone when, when, when we lost Brian, you know, but for those guys to continue on and, and, and do what they did and do it in the fashion they did, you got to take your hat off to that man. That that, that was just amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And then come up back in black. You got to be kidding me, aren't you? Yeah. That's just a, an amazing effort. Yeah. Under under a lot of under a lot of um, under a lot of duress. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That that had to be uh, to weigh very heavy on them to you know try to fill the shoes oh, of, 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 of a man who is is frankly a legend, uh, but to do it in a manner that uh, you know that has to be I would think probably one of the most successful. Second frontman in a band of all time. When the first one was well known, I mean, a lot of bands like Iron Maiden they replaced, you know, but they weren't what they were. You know, they were a- home, yeah, yeah. ACDC had already reached a pinnacle, and then mm-hmm. you know managed to continue on. So that was uh, phenomenal. One of the things I did catch in in an excerpt of the book I read, and I, I really enjoyed because I, I frankly am a very big fan of of the band, but I certainly can see where the humor came from was your explanation of walking into a kiss show uh, back in those days would you mind just sharing real quick uh, that little anecdote of the band yeah sure it was, it was when we very first went went to England um, and uh, the first I think probably one of the first bands or the first the first major concert we went to was, um, was we went to see Kiss at the Hammersmith Odeon and we were only just looking around the corner so we could sure. you know Walk there and stop off with a couple of pubs as we used to do, or quite a bit back in those days, uh, and go see this band. You know, we go see Kiss, and um, you know, it's it's you've got to you realise this is like 1976, and Kiss was sort of like well enough known to be doing Hammersmith Odeon. You yeah. know, yeah. but you know, it's early days, and uh, these these guys are up here jumping with all the, all the, the you know the whole thing with the yeah. bombs going off and the, the makeup and Gene sticking his tongue out and. It's like, what the fuck is this? It's like watching a cartoon, you know? Yeah. And, and it, was, it was, yeah, for what it was, it, it was great, you know? The yeah. production was fantastic. It was, it was just in its own thing, but it was just like, I had a scratch in my head because you go, are these guys fucking serious, you know? <laughs> uh, but anyway, after each song, there would be this, they'd finish a song and there'd be, be this, man, there'd be this huge, all this hooting and hollering going on, you know? And he'd be looking around and he'd go, well, who's fucking clapping here, you know? It was, it was just odd. You, you couldn't, I, I, I don't know how it was going on, but it was just, 
it was just odd. You know, all yeah. the people you were not when they said exactly sitting on their hands, but there was there was there was something going on there was they must have had people hidden under the seats or something. Yeah. Now, it was just odd the reaction. Yeah. I don't know. I can't explain it. It's one of those weird shit things that happened. But yeah. we were just watching these guys and thinking, Well, you know, this is obviously working for them but it's like this is uh yeah, it was a revelation, you know, a revelation, yeah. Yeah, it was certainly, I mean, when you think of the, of the two bands in that era, you guys couldn't have been any more diametrically opposed. I mean, they were the frilly costumes and the makeup and the, you know, the stage and the explosions, and you guys are, you know, jeans, T-shirts, and... Uh, yeah, yeah, well, it was really very straight down the line, although we did, we, we, did, we did have a 16-year-old kid dressed up in a school uniform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's managed to make that that work for him. Now, uh, yeah, let's say that. Hey, I, 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 I read a like a bio a little while ago, and, and, and they still had him down as a sixteen-year-old schoolboy from Sydney. I love it. <laughs> Not quite. That's funny. Yeah. Now, um, one of the things I noticed, even another parallel to the band Kiss that I see today, uh, more than anything, is the fact that you walk into almost any store. And just the plethora of ACDC merchandise that has kind of crept in, you know. I mean, obviously Gene Simmons very unapologetic about the merchandising of Kiss, but uh, yeah, you know, it's hard to go into a store and not see an ACDC black and back in black T-shirt, and you know, they they yeah. went through the whole Walmart thing. Uh, do you pay much attention to that, or do you see that in, in in Sydney, or has it always been like that in Sydney? With, with oh, I, I don't, I don't think it's always been like that. I think. I think I think Gene was at the forefront of doing that. I think he almost created that rock and roll merchandising thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I think it's, 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 I think that the, the merchandising thing, um, if there wasn't a demand for it, it wouldn't be successful. Now, I think the people that follow bands, particularly ACDC, are just real fans of the band. And they're not like fans of the, the like one, one record and then, Oh, we forget about, it, and then you'll throw away their ACDC t-shirts. There's yeah. fans of the band now that've been, you know, they've been fans of the band for the best. Yeah, there's, there's, I know, I know, there's guys here in Sydney have been fans, and they go to the ACDC and they take their grandsons with them. Yeah. You know, so it's in there. You know, it, 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 the merchandise, you know, is driven because there's a demand for it because people want to associate with the band, and I, I think it's great. But you know that. Now, I went to a thing there, and there was an ACDC pool table. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, that is, now that is seriously cool, man. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's not quite the coffin that Gene would sell, but, you know, that, that's still pretty good. Yeah, well, that's okay, yeah. Um, where, um, where can people find more information, get in touch, and get to the book, um, other than going to the yeah, book? Yeah, the, the, book, the book, is, uh, book is available. Uh, it's released in, in the States there uh, on November 28th. Uh, you know, you just go to the Brazilian points. Uh, publish it. There's a there's a Facebook site for Dirty Deeds, the book. Uh, you can also go on my. I've, I've got my own website, which is markevansblues.com. Okay. Uh, and that's all, all the information is available in the book. There you can read about the book. But yeah, you know, um, it's going to be available over the place. Of course, you can go you can buy it online. You can be ebook. Yeah, but November 28th is the release date. You can pre-order it now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just go online and just put in Dirty Deeds by Mark Evans, and it'll, it'll come up everywhere, man. Great. And just in time for the holidays here in the States. So it's hey, great. yeah, I, 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 like, I do like a good holiday. Yeah, nothing like that. Mark, I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you've got a, a lot of other people to talk to, so I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you very much. It's, it's good, good, having a, good having a chat, man. And, yeah. uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's been a great. It's been a great thing to, to write this book and just just puts uh, you know supporters of the band on the inside because there's been a lot of stuff that's been written over the years that that hasn't been all that accurate and uh, it's my way of uh, repaying a, a debt that I still do or support I've got over the years. So yep, Wonderful. it's been great. Good to speak with you. Great, thank you so much, Mark. I wish you all the best with the book and we'll uh, catch a copy when it gets to our town. Uh, yeah, uh, there's just some great photos in there, and there's a letter letter in there from from Bond to a 16 year old female fan that you just have to read to be believed. All right, we'll check that out. Thank you so much, Mark. You have a great Cheers, day. Cheers, take, care. take care. Bye bye. I always wanted to learn to play guitar, but never had the time. Then I heard about Progressions Music Studio. Progressions introduced me to an entirely new and convenient method of music instruction. They brought the music to me. The instructors from Progressions Music Studio came to my home with their knowledge and expertise, which saved me time and money. They worked around my schedule and tailored a program around my needs and skill level. Best of all, I learned to play music like a guitar king of the 1960s. We didn't spend all of our time with drills or tunes from the 1860s. Progressions Music Studio offers a lot more than guitar. In fact, they have instructors for almost all instruments. Now I can rock it out on my electric like never before. Just imagine what they can do for you or the budding musician in your family. Don't make excuses. Make music. Check them out on the web at progressionsmusicstudio.com. That's P-R-O-G-R-E-S-S-I-O-N-S. Musicstudio.com. Or call 724-777-4678. All right, next up I want to get to a, kind of a new segment we're going to do called The Ring Report. As many of you found out in episode 134, we are now part of the Cast Iron Ring, where you can go to castironring.com and find information about a whole host of uh, podcasts that we are a part of. So I just want to take a moment and kind of touch on what the other shows on the Cast Iron Ring are up to. Uh, On Focus on Metal, uh, they have just done a full episode on the new Megadeth album. They break it down track by track. The new album is called 13. Uh, Scott goes into a very deep dive on that record. So you go to castironring.com and click on Focus on Metal. You can check that out, plus a whole bunch of back episodes. On Signal to Noise, uh, which is hosted by our co-host Aaron, uh, his latest episode is uh, taking a look at GarageBand, uh, which is a, an application for those of you not familiar, which you can get for your iPhone or iPad or even your iPod Touch. In my case, uh, it's a five dollar application that you can get from uh, directly from Apple, uh, and really a great tool for your musicians, uh, especially people who are traveling or you know you're stuck on a bus getting home from work or you know you're stuck in class and you're bored out of your skull. GarageBand might be something to really uh, uh, kind of get you interested in creating music. So Aaron goes into a, a really great detail on uh, how to, how you can use this tool to build some music and to learn and all kind of amazing stuff. And then on Radioactive Metal, uh, in their latest episode, they uh, interviewed a band that is uh, coming to Pittsburgh literally the day where we're doing this recording, uh, Anthrax. They had an amazing experience and interviewed uh, Rob from Anthrax down in Orlando outside the House of Blues. So Rock and Snowy uh, will bring you up to date on the show. You can get a Rock's take on the entire event uh, as well as their music uh, and tunes and reviews and things like that. So that's Radioactive Metal. And speaking of Radioactive Metal, uh, host Snowy White of Radioactive Metal was nice enough to do an interview Uh, with a band who's coming to Pittsburgh, so we wanted to share that with you. The band is Motionless in White. They will be coming to Mr. Smalls on November 29th, so the end of this month. Uh, 
Motionless and White, honestly, was not a band I was aware of, so I turned it over to a good friend there who was more than eager and more than familiar with the band, so he did uh, what I think came across as a really great interview. So we're going to get into that interview that Snowy White did with Motionless and White. This is Chris uh, from Motionless and White. So before we get into that interview, to get you a taste of what Motionless and White is all about, this is their track, Immaculate Misconception. Again, Mr. Small's November 29th as part of the Fearless Friends Tour. might differ somewhat from Motionless and White's fan base. So this is an opportunity here for you to maybe open and, you know, get yourself out there known to, to, to a whole new audience. So maybe you could take a couple of minutes, first of all, maybe kind of describe, like, where Motionless and White is coming from, like what genre, what sound, what's your musical vibe, let's say. Um, I mean... Usually, what I tell everybody when I ask like what what uh what style of music we are, it's just easier to kind of say like oh we're like a metal band or something. But uh, I mean for people who who really have no idea, I just I mean it's definitely just a just a heavy uh metal type type sound, but we add a lot of uh add a lot of like you know keyboards and whatnot to kind of make it have like a very atmospheric and darker type. I guess I guess you even say like a horror tone to everything that we do. Um, it's, it's so hard to really describe something that I don't really know how to, you know how to describe exactly. But I I just say yeah, metal band with kind of like a really really dark undertone to it. Um, right, right. Yeah, but the easiest way I could say it. Cool, cool. That should that should actually appeal to a lot of our listeners. What exactly does motionless and white mean? Where did you get that name from? Like, what does it mean, and where did you where did you come up with it? Um, it's actually it's a when we were starting the band, um, a band that we were heavily influenced by at the time, uh, are called Eighteen Visions. Right. They have a song called Motionless and White, and um, we just kind of wanted to do something that would, you know, kind of show our influence. And you know, carry on uh, something that we were, you know, believed in what a band was doing. Like they were the only bands at the time to to be doing exactly what they were doing. Where you know, wearing makeup, wearing all black like we do, and having having an image with their music and 
stuff like that. So we kind of wanted to carry that on, and we we decided to name our band one of their song titles. Right on, right on. Um, you are with Fearless Records. Yep. Right now, your your debut with them is called Creatures, which I guess that in itself kind of explains where you might be coming from image-wise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. how, how, how did you hook up with, with Fearless? Was it just a matter of just pounding the pavement? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we were a band for a pretty long time and just toured nonstop all the time. Um, just kind of got a lucky break. We were on um, the, the Vans Warp Tour a couple of years ago, and um, just the right person was watching us at the right time, and they... They uh, helped us out and got us in touch with Fearless, and we kind of went from there. Just right place at the right time. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Kind of a happy accident. Yeah, you're so. you're happy with 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 the record so far and how it's been received, and with everything that Fearless is doing. Yeah. Um. I mean, it, it's kind of just actually surreal all the things that are happening for our band just because of you know now having a record out and and everything like that. So. I mean, I, I'm really happy. I, I, I'm sure you know everyone in the world always can, you know, wants more, but I'm pretty content with where we're at. Excellent, excellent, excellent. With your deal with Fearless, I guess that's what put you on the Fearless Friends tour, going to be starting very soon in the next couple of weeks, I believe. Um, maybe you'd like to take a couple of minutes out and kind of explain what that is and where you might be going and. Um, the Fearless Friends Tour is, um, all the heavier bands that are on Fearless Records, like us, a band called Bless the Fall, another band called The World Alive, and, uh, two other bands that are all, um, kind of heavier, I mean, the first band's a little bit less, but, um, we are just doing, like, a, a tour that represents, you know, the bands on our label, it goes throughout all the United States, and I think there's two candidates, and I think it's I think it starts like early November, and goes all the way to around Christmas. Excellent, excellent. So it's definitely going to keep you busy. Yeah, we uh, we've been on the road pretty much. Uh, I don't think I think by the time we're finished, we'll be on the road for about eleven months total out of wow. the whole year. Wow, wow, that's something else. Excellent, excellent. I guess this this day and age, like with the way the record industry is right now, a band has to tour. They they got to be out yep. there. Like I realize it's not it's not about the money, but you know what? The fact is, some something has to be made in order to keep to keep your your band going, and it's just not happening with record sales. So it all falls down to um, touring and merch. I imagine merch is a big thing. Like with, with this band. Yeah, pretty much exactly. I mean, nobody buys CDs anymore. No one cares about, you know, buying records. They just download it for free. Um, touring is really the only way to get your name out there, and touring nonstop keeps you alive because people don't, you know, people lose interest in things so quick these days that if you're not constantly out there and constantly putting yourself available to them, they'll just forget about it, so... It's pretty. It's pretty rough, and kind of sucks in some aspects. Like knowing that, you know, just just having good music anymore isn't enough, and it's it's kind of disheartening. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not, I don't. I'm not complaining about touring a lot. I love touring, so it's all good for me. Right on, right on. 
who have you who have you gone out with? You 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 mentioned the Warp Tour, and we talked about the Fearless Friends, but you've actually, from your voice, I can tell, and I've seen promo photos of your band and all that. You're a relatively young guy. How long? Who are some of the young? Who are some of the bands that you've gone out and toured with? Um, we've done. We actually we're lucky enough to get like a lot of uh, like tours that are actually like with a lot of different bands. Like like I don't want to call them festival tours, but tours that have like you know not your standard five band tours. There's like ten or fifteen different bands on them, which is you know all day events, which is really cool because oh they are then, yeah you know then you're uh, you're getting a lot of fans that would not normally listen to your band in front of you. Um, we've toured with. Uh, bands all the way from uh, Bleeding Through to In- Escape to Fate, um, Amir, just t- tons of different bands like in our, you know, type genre, but still in different directions inside that that heavier, heavier direction. So just a, a ton of different bands in this moment. Um, I don't even I don't even know who I can who else I can name. The Warp Tour a couple times. Right. Uh, yeah, now now the Fearless Friends tour, so there's a right ton on. of different tours. Right on, right on. Yeah, I'm a fan of all those bands that you mentioned as well. That's fantastic stuff. That that's a hell of a bill, actually. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Um, this will be by the time this gets released, it'll be after the fact. But September 23rd, I believe you're in New York City, recording a new video. Yep. What song, uh, like I imagine that that's gonna be off the Creatures album. Yep. Which, uh, which, what, what song are we looking at, and like, what are you kind of looking to, like, when, when will the video be released, and what, what can we kind of expect from it? Uh, we're doing a. Actually, actually I'm not even sure if I can say. Hmm. Uh, we're. I'll just say it. We're doing a a video for our song called Immaculate Misconception. Alright. And the song is basically about how. I don't agree with the way that people use uh, religion for mer- for you know merchandising and to make money. And uh, what we're gonna do is we're kind of just gonna make a video that shows how things really are because I feel like in the world people don't really ever want to accept the truth about things as big as religion or you know things things relatable you know like religion and politics are huge things that everyone's involved in, involved in, but no one ever wants to really make a big deal out of things that should be a, a big deal made out of them. So what we're what we like doing is taking things like like that and putting them in front of people again so they have no choice but to look at it and to realize the truth. So that's what we're going to do with the video, kind of reflect on what the song is about and take it from there. Right on, right on. Do you feel like maybe as an artist... You know, perhaps it might be a responsibility of yours to maybe to have something to say, like to have to have a message like that. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're in the position of having, you know, a microphone in your hand and the, the power to influence people who are listening to you, you shouldn't, you know. I hate to sound like it's like a super a superhero power because it's not, but I mean, like, you know, they say in the Spider-Man movie, with great power comes great responsibility, and I firmly <laughs> I believe I. I firmly believe in that, you know, like you shouldn't get up on stage and preach, you know, stupid stupidity and ignorance, you know, get up there and say something that people could take with them and 
and you can influence people to be a better person and whatnot. So, yeah, that's definitely where I'm at. Right on, right on. Don't ever lose that attitude. I really appreciate that. Yeah. That, that's excellent. I'm just kind of curious. How old are you? Uh, I'm 25. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured it was it was somewhere around there. And um, just going by the whole motionless and white thing, I'm going to take a stab at the fact that you're perhaps a horror film fan. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay. Good, good okay. guess. <laughs> right on, right on. What are what are some of the more? Because I'm I'm a big horror film fan myself, and coming up in October on this show, you know, on this show we we do a lot of horror. We do a lot of because it's 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 coming up on Halloween. So, uh, what what are some of your fave type horror films or pop culture that you're kind of digging? Um, my my well, actually, my favorite is uh. Just up this, you know, the straight up ho- Halloween movie. Um, Michael Myers' character scares me to death, still to this day. And um, I don't know. I just, I, I've always loved the, that movie and those series of movies, even the terrible ones. Um, I feel like the the Lost Boys, um, even though vampires have sort of been ruined now in in the modern day. Right. Uh, well. Those are pretty much my, like my two favorites of of all of them, Halloween and The Lost Boys. Just I don't know, Lost Boys is, I like a lot just because it kind of you know represents kind of like what I what I what I internally like or I internally am as a person. You know, like rebellious and just you know don't do not care, just doing what you're what you're gonna do. I think that's kind of what I got got out of the movie when I first saw it. It's just you know being a rebellious person and doing what you want. So I take it you're not a big fan of the new sparkly vampires? No, not at all. I, uh, <laughs> Let's see. I, used to, I used to say something about it every day on stage. <laughs> Fair enough. One of the things I do want to ask you about this particular topic is it's it's been a tradition of mine for about five years now, and it's it's kind of brought its way onto the show, is that throughout the month of October... I like to leading up to Halloween. I try to watch 31 horror films, nice. one nice. one a day, and I'm taking requests from my listeners now. I'm saying, okay, you know, anyone, just just e- 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 email me, give me a suggestion, something you feel I should watch, even if I've seen it before. I am soliciting you now. Give me a couple titles you figure I should check out sometime in the uh, month of October. Huh. Something you really uh, dig. Uh, aside from those two that I mentioned, uh, I don't know. Um, there's actually a movie that I, I haven't seen in forever that I've that I've been actually trying to see myself for quite some time, and I can't find anywhere that has it, and it's even actually hard to find on the internet. But um, it's called Needful Things. Uh, it's like it's just a movie where like this guy moves into a town and starts you know, selling people all these things, and they, in a way, sort of become, like, possessed by, uh, by the, the, I, it's really hard to explain, but it, I, I've been wanting to see it for quite some time. Right, right. That's Stephen King's Needful Things, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I've got, I've got Chris from Motionless written down here for Needful Things, and you know what? I haven't seen The Lost Boys since I was a teenager. I'm going to check that out. 
Yeah, very, so, very good so, idea. <laughs> so thank you for your contribution to my list. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And um, on Halloween, that's got to be a special day for you since we're kind of on the topic. What what you doing this Halloween? Um, you I might be on the actually, road, actually. And actually fortunately, we're going to be home this year. Last year, we had a, like a really big uh, show. We we played like a one-off Halloween festival in Texas that was like in an arena, so it was really awesome to, to do that. But um, the years before that, honestly, like Halloween, I love Halloween and everything like that, but for the past like three or four years, it's somehow been ruined by this girl that I was with for quite some time, and uh, unfortunately Halloween has sucked the past couple of years. So <laughs> this year I look forward to doing my own thing, however I want, and I think it's going to be pretty awesome. So I might go to Salem, Massachusetts, and just hang out and do whatever. So right that's what I'm looking forward to. Right on, right on. Thank you so much. I appreciate this and and, and, and your time, and I'm, we're going to totally recommend everyone check out Creatures. Is there anything else before we go that you may want to um, just give a shout out to someone or to promote something, just kind of let someone know what, what you guys are doing. Is there anything you want to just throw out there? Um, I mean, no, I, I guess I'd just, I'd just like to say thank you, you know, thanks for you for have, or to you for having me and thanks for everybody that's listening and that decided to go check us out from here. And, uh, I hope you like what you hear. Oh, fantastic. We're, 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 we're loving it. Thank you so much for your time. All right, as always, we want to thank you for listening to Iron City Rocks. You can find more information on us at ironcityrocks.com. You can get in touch with us at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, both of which are forward slash ironcityrocks. We also invite you to check out castironring.com, and also they're on Twitter and Facebook as well. Uh, Get to know all the shows on The Ring. We would really appreciate it and like your feedback. And if you happen to be out there, and are A, in a band uh, in the western Pennsylvania area and are interested in being on the show, get in touch with uh, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. And if also, if you have a podcast, uh, you happen to be listening, I know a lot of podcasters check out other podcasts. And if you're interested in being uh, involved with the Cast Iron Ring, get in touch with us, castironring at gmail.com. Uh, we will be looking to grow and expand the ring and include more great shows. Obviously, we will want to... Uh, check your show out and make sure it's uh, to a standard that we would like to keep so don't hesitate send us a link drop us a line uh, we would love to hear from you and those of you listening I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us we invite you to go back and check out some episodes you may have missed we've had some really great guests uh, recently uh, we had Judas Priest Richie Faulkner in episode 133 we had the legendary Tony Iommi who, uh, as as promised, announced that the Black Sabbath original lineup will be regrouping and retouring in 2012. He joined us on episode 132. We had Frank Bello of Anthrax uh, join us. Before that, we had DJ Ashba of 6AM and Guns N' Roses. So we've had some really great guests uh, recently. So uh, if this is the first time you listen to us, we uh, really encourage you to go back and check out some episodes. And again, we want to thank you for listening. You take care.